You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. From NJ.com and the Star Ledger, welcome to the Rutgers Rant. Your one-stop podcast for the Scarlet Knights. With your host, Steve Politi and Rutgers Insiders, Keith Sargent and James Cratch. Let's start shopping. Hello, everybody. Steve Politi here from NJ Vance Media. Welcome back to The Rant. Cratch and Sarge are here with me as always. Well, last week, guys, we started with gaining a quarterback. This week, uh, we lose a quarterback. Artur Sikowski headed for the transfer portal. I guess I look at it this way, fellas. I wouldn't have been the least bit surprised if this news broke in January, but now, you know, with spring practice starting now, uh, you know, it, it seems like it's a reaction to, to landing the, the quarterback recruit Gavin Wimsat out of Kentucky, you know, but that kid's not getting here until January at the earliest. So, I mean, Cratch, I guess I just wonder, A, the timing, and B, if, if Arsikowski is, is missing the broader picture here that he's still you know, in, in, a, in competing for a job and certainly one injury way, even if, if he doesn't win the job of having it. I think at the end of the day, the, the bigger issue was he just didn't feel he was truly competing for the job. And I, I go back to the last game against Nebraska. Art didn't play well, but, you know, it could have been a lot worse when you're playing a game in sub-freezing temperatures and a pandemic a couple days before Christmas. The whole team is burnt out. They went to Johnny Langan for that last competitive drive. I mean, that kind of said it all right there that they just Art was never Shiano and Gleason, Art just was never in their plans. And everything they said publicly, every time he played well, you know, beat Purdue, helped beat Purdue, helped beat Maryland, they were very kind of lukewarm in their praise. They always went back to Vedral. And I think at that point, it just became realized it just wasn't going to happen here for him, uh, which is unfortunate. You know, it was a, a, r- a really great kid, uh, worked really hard. I think, you know, he, he kind of got screwed in, in, a, in a lot of ways. You know, obviously, he didn't play well in many ways, especially his freshman year. And I think in terms of timing, I was a little surprised that it happened before spring practice. I thought it might happen after spring practice, after he gives it one more shot to try to take, you know, overtake Vedral. But by going in the portal now, he's arguably one of the best quarterbacks in the portal. So this could be a point where his market is at its highest right in right now in, in between before the second wave kind of hits once all the spring practices are done across the country. Well, that's an interesting theory. I guess, you know, you, you, you there certainly are demand for quarterbacks. I, I just, you know, if I'm in the market, if I'm, if I'm a power five school and I'm looking at Art Sikowski now, okay, he was at Miami, didn't get the job there, and with the Rutgers, didn't get the job there. I guess I'm, I'm wondering now, you know, what are you, what are you getting the third time around? You seem bullish that he's going to be a Power Five guy. Sarge, I'm not, 
I'm not convinced that he's going to be a starter at the power five level. I guess that's why, you know, in some ways I, I, you know, you would think that being in a place where he already, you know, knows an offense at least uh, knows what the situation is, knows the quarterback room's not that stacked. I mean, what do you think? Do you think he can go someplace next year, Sergeant, and start power five? I think it's going to depend on the system. Um, just like it, uh, really at Rutgers, going back to Cratchit's point, I think uh, he just was not um, a fit for what Sean Gleason wanted to do. And no matter what they said, no matter how they wanted to spin it, um, Sikowski is a pro-style uh, type quarterback, um, has a little bit of mobility, but he's not going to do the spread stuff that Cheyenne Langan does or even uh, uh, Vedral does. Um, I think the, the, the to, uh, to your point, Steve, you know, a lot of people look at Arsikowski as the guy who his true freshman year when he was a 17-year-old kid thrown against uh, to the Wolves on a, on, on a team with a lack of uh, playmakers through 18 interceptions and completed uh, 50% of his passes. That's not what Sikowski was last year. He threw three touchdowns, didn't throw a pick. Um, 81 pass attempts, didn't throw a pick, uh, completed 60% of his passes, you know, albeit, you know, it wasn't, you know, wasn't uh, prime, you know, he, he, you know, played in, 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 in prime, uh, in prime action and, you know, just did everything that he was supposed to do. So if you're looking at what, what he did last year, his body of work, you just have to almost just forget about his true freshman year. That's what it's going to take for, for school to, to kind of give a uh, soul on him to crash his point. I think, you know, at this point, he's probably the best quarterback out there. Yeah. It, it's, it leaves an interesting situation here in, in his wake. And I, I don't, you know, we talked to Greg Shiano yesterday in, in a conference call at the media. Uh, I asked him point blank, is he going to add anybody? He said, no. So this is the quarterback room. We got Noah Vedral, you know, and then we got a lot of unknowns, Cratch. I mean, I get, you know, and the way Vedral plays, we saw it obviously a couple times last year. You know, this is, this is a guy who's, you know, who's not built like uh, the battering ram of the quarterback that he, he treats himself. I mean, he charges into the line. He's not afraid to get contact. He, you know, uh, he, he injured his ankle late in the season, banged up during the season. I mean, you're, I think you're seeing a situation now where one of these guys is going to play. They're going to they're going to go to this room. I mean, give me the pecking order in your eyes now for what's behind Noah Vetrol. Well, I think you know, if you're Rutgers, you have to hope that Evan Simon emerges this spring, takes that number two job. Because I just kind of go back to the read I got and talking to people from the, the prior staff was, "Hey, Cole Snyder's great kid." might be a good Big Ten backup. Evan Simon is the guy who we really think has ability to potentially be a starter in the Big Ten. They need him to step up because you're right. Vedral, you know, in durability, it's not just last year. If you go back to 2019 at Nebraska, he got knocked out in one of the games he started there due to injury. I think he missed the second half of the game. The way he plays is – conducive as we've seen to injuries and the the kind of the bad thing for Rutgers is I feel like you need to keep running him and using him in that way to have your offense be effective just because of the limitations he has with his arm strength so yeah those guys are going to play I would think that Simon you hope is the guy who emerges as the starter but it's going to be interesting because you know Vedral, Simon, Snyder, Langan all have eligibility coming up. I think you'll see Johnny Langan have the same role he had in the offense last year, uh, this season. But I just don't – I mean, 
if Vedro gets hurt in the second quarter of a competitive game, my guess is Rutgers would probably try to use Lang as much as they could. I don't know if Lang, if you need a quarterback to start three games, if Langan is going to be that guy who's going to be a full-time quarterback like that. I just, I think that his limitations, we, we saw what he could do, uh, you know, the 19 year with, with Nunzio as the coach. So yeah, I think you hope that Simon emerges. And then, then the, the big question is you got to keep one of them next year to be the backup potentially to Wimsat. It has a good, has a good point. Uh, a lot of unknowns. Sarge, what do you think? I mean, are we, are we sleeping on, on Langan here? I mean, you know, he's, he's done another year. He's a guy who's you know, won a big 10 game, obviously not, you know, throwing the ball down the field, but certainly, you know, what he did at Purdue is an impressive uh, way to win a big 10 road game. Would he be the guy after Noah Vagel in your mind? No. no. Um, I, look, I mean, I, he's always exceeded, my expectations. I mean, you know, yeah. I, you know, 2019 alone, he, he, he exceeded. And then, you know, last year he won, uh, you know, big 10 games without him. They would not uh, beat Purdue. They, you know, <laughs> he really was an X factor in a lot of, a lot of games last season. That being said, I think I, I agree with crash. Like if, if Vedral was to go down in the second quarter of a game, you know, it would be Langan. but you know, as a full-time starter, no, I don't think he's a full-time starter at the big 10 level. Um, I, I, I'm intrigued. I mean, we're not going to see a spring practice uh, uh, this spring, you know, but I am intrigued by, by, by you know, reading the tea leaves on, on, on whether or not, you know, Cole Snyder or Evan Simon, uh, you know, emerge as a guy. Also, just from an inside baseball thing, uh, did you notice the, uh, you know, the, the, the little uh, quip that uh, Greg Ciano had, uh, Steve, during, during the uh, Zoom call yesterday? No, where he's talking about Gavin Rupp, the, uh, the, the walk-on quarterback who will be uh, arriving uh, come uh, training camp. And he goes, well, I, you know, because, I, 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 you, you know, kid's name is Gavin. He, 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 he slipped and he said he almost uh, uh, mentioned another uh, 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 quarterback who's going to be arriving oh, I named Gavin. That yeah, yeah, he joked. <laughs> he, he, made, he made light of it. But, you know, because obviously NCAA rules, you know, they don't allow him to, to mention Ga- Gavin Wimsett's name until he signs. Yeah. But, you know, he, he, he did make light of it that, that you know, he started uh, talking about a quarterback named Gavin, you know, coming. But it won't be, uh, you know, the, the hot shot recruit coming in uh, until he signs. That's outstanding. It's funny. This, the, the, and this is a general thought about just the program in general. You feel like right now something really exciting is happening potentially with the way they're recruiting with, with, this, with this kid who, again, everyone I talk to tells me he's the real deal as a quarterback. And yet you got another, you got 12 games before you get there, right? You know, so it's just, and these 12 games could be difficult. So it's sort of, it's sort of a weird, uh, sort of a weird waiting situation. Uh, all right. We don't have to wait for spring football. I, I, I also don't. Yeah, I also don't think to to your question that you asked him that that you know w- would he bring in a transfer quarterback you know uh, you know through the portal? I don't think he wants to in any way uh, impact um, you know Gavin Wimsett's decision until you know until he officially signs because so much can happen you know the, the you know so many things you know one of those state schools one of those SEC schools could come in late you know I think he wants to make it clear that. You know that that Wimsat will have the, the best chance to uh, you know come come once he enrolls to, to start. And I know you know a, a you know a quarterback could be a, a senior, but who knows? I mean, yeah, nowadays with the eligibility, you already have Vedral who has you know another uh, you know another year beyond this season uh, with eligibility. So I I don't think he wants to add another quarterback to to kind of you know just I don't think he wants to mess with the numbers at this point. No, that's a great point. Absolutely. You know, and that's, and that's going to be, 
you know, as, as exciting as it is to, to have that kid's commitment, you know, it's going to be a eight months of continuing to recruit him until he can sign. There's no question that, you know, that <laughs> someone told me, someone's that program told me that they don't say, oh, he's going to Rutgers and stop, you know, <laughs> they're, they're, they're still very much, uh, uh, he's going to be recruiting that kid. All right, let's talk some spring football. We have the details now. Um, and Greg Shano said he wanted to wait as long as possible to give everyone a fair shake to compete this spring. Um, but now I guess he's, he's up against it uh, with the summer school session starting. Um, and if you're curious why the spring game is a Thursday night, uh, I've been told that it's because they want to give uh, the, the players two full weekends off before summer school starts. So there you go. So as opposed to having it on a Saturday afternoon where they, they lose that weekend, they have it on a Thursday night then the players can go home and or go whatever they want to do for uh, two weeks because most of them obviously will be back before that for I mean, two, full, two full weekends. I mean, how great is that, huh? He's just – he's man. Greg Living is it soft. up as a college athlete. College Greg player. is getting soft. There's there's your headline right there. <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. No, I mean obviously all these all they've went through and have another COVID pause. I totally it, it makes makes good sense. What are we looking for, Crash? I mean, spring starting. Uh, their spring games are going everywhere, so it's definitely late. Mm-hmm. I mean, what what do you think we're going to see here in the next few weeks? Or that well, we're not going to see. <laughs> we're not going to see any. <laughs> uh, look, I think that the big key for Rutgers is going to be, I think, as you said, back at quarterback competition, uh, figure out the offensive line, although I don't think the offensive line is as big of a concern this year just because of the fact they kind of exceed expectations last year. You added a, a transfer from Temple. You've got guys with experience there. Uh, I wrote about this morning. I think the secondary is, is a really interesting area where they've got depth concerns at safety. They've got good depth at cornerback. You know, Peyton Powell, I asked Greg Sheehan about him. It sounds like he might be banged up, so we might not even see him in the spring game. So the, the mystery surrounding who was basically, you know, Greg's first big splash back at Rutgers, getting him to flip from Utah. We still haven't seen him at all. Uh, you know, special teams obviously are, are locked in. So I just think it's for them, it's going to be depth on the defensive side of the ball, you know, finding more playmakers on offense. I'm really curious about Joshua Youngblood, the return all-American return transfer from Kansas State, just because everyone is kind of locking him in as, oh, he's going to be like Aaron Crookshank, immediately a playmaker on offense. I think it's easier said than done, and I'm also intrigued, even if he does emerge as an offensive player, is there room for him in the offense? Because Shameen, Crookshank, Bo, they've got a lot of guys, Youngblood size with Youngblood speed, you know, can they get a role for all of those guys and Aaron Young and have Isaiah Pacheco have a big role and Giovanni Haskins, who they seem very high on. So I'm also intrigued to see how they kind of use their offensive weapons. The first, this is the first time we've had uh, more than one offensive weapon. So that that's, I mean, that that's an interesting, even to have the discussion that they have to, you know, use spring to figure out which guys are going to be the, the weapons is the good news. Uh, Sarge, what are you looking for in the next few weeks? Um, yeah, again, I think the playmakers, which playmakers, I mean, I asked, uh, Shiana, I, uh, this, this is unprecedented. They'd never gone into a season with all 11 starters back from a year ago. So, you know, he kind of dismissed it, kind of like downplayed, you know, th- that idea talked about, about, he said, well, yeah, everyone's back, but you know, this was a three and 16 a, a year ago. So they need to make improvements, which 
you know, will we will be able to see those uh, improvements emerge, you know, come, come uh, um, training camp? Um, that's, I guess, going to be the million-dollar question. Um, and, again, I think Sean Gleason's offense, they didn't get a spring camp a year ago to, to kind of uh, put that in. They kind of threw it in on a fly. Um, you know, now that he has a full year under his belt, you know, what, what types of, of improvements will, will they make? Well, Noah Vedrill, more than anyone, will he benefit from, from, from a year of seasoning, you know, in, in that offense? Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see. At least we will see the spring game, right? They're gonna let us into that. Shiano, Shiano said we we could we might even see him in person, maybe from afar. We have to, yeah, we're, we're gonna be allowed in the building, but we have to face the other way. We're not actually allowed. Look, to I see. Watch. Right, that's we'll good. Be, that's fair. Yeah, we, we could just listen for it. Developments <laughs> from behind us, <laughs> and I love because each time you know we obviously we go way back with Shiano and practice Sarge and I, but. Um, Every time he mentions it, it's like he's like he's pretending that he's upset. Ah, oh, you know, really like to see you guys there. You don't want to see us there. Give me he a break. <laughs> he did not. As uh, much as we love that he, he pretends, at least that's nice of him. All right, let's dive into true or false, guys. Uh, you know how it works. I'll give you a statement. Tell me if it's true or false. We'll talk about it later. Art Sikowski, true or false. Art Sikowski will start a game for a Power 5 school next season. Cratch, true or false. True. Sarge? True. I'm going false. True or false? Noah Vedra will be healthy enough to start nine games next season. Crash, true or false? True. Okay. Sarge? True. That would be a win if I think if that happens, definitely. Uh, true or false? This spring is most important for sorting out issues in the secondary. Cratch, you wrote about it. True or false? True. Sarge? I'm going to say false because I think for the last three weeks, I think I've agreed with Cratch on every single true false. I got so to come I up with to go false. I need even if I do believe it's true. This is, this is my fault. All right. Uh, true or false. This spring is more important for finding playmakers. Cratch, you said true last one. So you're false this time. Sarge, true or false? True. True. Uh, I'm going to say false. I think it's most important for the quarterback. All right. True or false. See Vivian Stringer will coach all five years of her new contract. Cratch, true or false? True. Wow. Sarge, true or false? <laughs> She's going to outlive us. I mean, uh, yes, true. I'm gonna. Get She's out. definitely coaching uh, for another contract. <laughs> right. another contract. <laughs> We've already, I've already written about her, her last contract before, like ten years ago. Oh, Singer's last contract. Uh, true or false? <laughs> Retention bonus: six point three million dollars. Rutgers overpaid. Cratch, true or false? Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> Dropping that bomb on your feet right there. I know. What happens. Uh, uh, false. Okay. Sarge, true or false? Oh, false. Uh, I mean, the retention bonus, guys. Come on. I, that's that's true. I'm sorry. I, it's, that's tough. Yeah, Pykel has one. I mean, they, uh, you know, Pykel has standard. one. Yeah, um, I guess so. You're right. Okay. I, I'm sorry. Standard. Sorry, coach. I take it back. Uh, true or false? Dollar for dollar. Michael Neal is the best coach in Rutgers women's soccer. True or false? Scratch. False. I know he. Th- I know where he's going with that. Oh. True or false? <laughs> Sarge. True. Oh, I want to hear this. I want to hear this all response. Right. That's all right. That, we'll come back to that in a minute. Finally, true or false? Super League is coming to college sports. Scratch. You've been tweeting about this like a madman. True or false? <laughs> I will say false for football, but I, I think it could be true for basketball. Sarge, you think there's a Super League on the horizon? Uh, false. False. Yeah, for now, false. Maybe. 20 years from now. All right. Let's still have, I like write that in there. Dollar, dollar for the Mike O'Neill, 
Now, this is his, this is the ninth straight NCAA tournament appearance for women's soccer. That's pretty impressive. I think there's a final four in there, right? At some point. Um, I mean, it's hard to argue with he's doing with mostly Jersey players. That's a pretty good track record of success. I guess, Crash, you're going to, you're going to tell me that uh, Scott Goodell is, is number one. Well, who are you gonna tell me? No, I, I, I wouldn't even. Like, I think, like, I think Goody at this point is with 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 Civiv, Peichel, Shiano. Like, you kind of put them to the side. Like, they're a separate class of coaches at Rutgers. No, I would actually. Side. What do you mean, put them to the side because they make more money? Or no, that yeah, exactly. They're like a to- a top tier sport. I mean, I think dollar for dollar, the best coach at Rutgers. I'll say I'll give uh, one male coach, one female coach. I think Meredith Civico, I would say, is probably dollar for dollar, maybe the best coach at Rutgers. Uh, I think Steve Owens is getting there pretty quick. Been here for ten minutes. I can even yeah, he's been here for ten minutes, and now yeah. and now they have a baseball team that is in the, playing in the top half of the Big Ten. So okay. they know, haven't done it yet, though. They have not. I mean, they know. Yeah, <laughs> too early to tell. That's too, 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 too early, and it's a weird year where where uh, you yeah. can't really. I mean, I, I, I yeah, you know, Mike O'Neill's track. The question on a simplest terms, Cratch, is you know, and Mike O'Neill, you know, he's uh, what the sixth highest paid uh, coach, you know, in, in, you know, on, on the Rutgers landscape, and what he's done. Uh, it's Michael O'Neill, without question. I, I see where, where where you're going, and certainly field hockey with with, with uh, a coach uh, Civico, you know, has resources wise. You can make a case that she's done done uh, done more, but with, with less. But you know, she still yeah you know, does not have the track record or body of work that, that Michael O'Neill has. No, look, believe me, like I'm not trying to knock Michael O'Neill in any way, but I would also say that he inherited a program from Glenn Crooks that wasn't exactly you know at the bottom. That's fair. Like. Yeah. That's fair. Feel hockey wise. He's taking it to another level. Yeah. He's just you got him to the final four. Right. He's just destroying Mike O'Neill. That's what that's what I heard. That, all that I'm being kidding. said, I mean we you know, we, we you know, not not to give him too much, you know. I mean we're not his his agents here, but you know, I kinda thought that they had a good chance to win the Big Ten a title this year and they yeah. you know they got to the semifinals uh, and they lost. You saw what happened. And, the ball know, bounced off two two posts. I, get, I, mean, I saw I did. I, I just, good yeah, grief. yeah, but it's soccer. But yeah. but you know, I know. I mean, that's right. soccer though. I mean, you know, yeah. you know, there's other chances and you know you know, at some point they're gonna have to win a Big Ten title, and okay. and you know, one, at some one point someone's gonna have to win a Big Ten title, right? Yes, a, exactly. Maybe lacrosse yeah. says it, men's lacrosse says it this year, but um, look, I mean, I, again, I, you know, he has accomplished a ton. Back to the NCAA tournament, you know, uh, you know, he's done a great job. Uh, all right, let's dive into the Stringer contract. Uh, no surprise that she uh, signed, re-signed. She, she made it very clear she wanted to come back. 73 years old. I had a, about a half an hour chat with her about that. Uh, it's fascinating. I mean, she's, you know, <laughs> you go back and forth. You wonder, okay, now they, they lost, I think, four of their f- top five starters off the last team. Uh, Diamond Johnson, most significantly, into the transfer portal. So, you know, she could be facing another rebuild. And you wonder someone who's 73 years old, someone whose team has, who has underachieved in March, at least uh, in the, you know, the last 10 years, uh, last sweet 16, it was 2009. Uh, you wonder, you know, if, if this, this might be the right move for her and she might be the, you know, certainly the, 
uh, one of the greatest coaches in Rutgers history, any sport. Um, but you do wonder long if it's the right move for the program right now. Um, you know, sorry, Jen, I'm not saying anything against C. Vivian Stringer. She can prove me wrong. She can come out here and, you know, add a top, she just had a top five recruiting class, you know, just a couple of years ago. Uh, but there's a big butt there. Do you agree? Yeah. And um, so people are going to say, well, you can't really ping her on, you know, this, wave of, of players diamond johnson and the other players who have who have entered the transfer portal and you know the fact that you know five you know top five scores are basically basically gone you can't really you know, hammer for that because that's what college you know basketball is you know across the country that being said you know this is not the first time she's had a wave of like promising players who you thought that she was going to be able to develop and who have left i mean this has happened you know with the last you know three or four cycles of you should if she's someone who likes to bring in huge recruiting classes, develop them. Um, this has happened now three or four times now over the last uh, decade or so. And it's the reason why they haven't uh, gotten taken to the next step. And by the next step, I mean, you know, the Sweet 16. Um, they haven't made it since, uh, I think, 20, uh, 2009, you know, if, if I'm not mistaken. So I think, you know, will she be able to adapt? That's going to be the biggest question, you know. I mean, you know, and you can make the same question with with, with Steve Peichel. You know, you know, will he be able to 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 get some of these uh, you know players from the transfer portals as well? Steve Peichel is a developmental uh, coach. Like he's clearly wants to you know those those three four year guys who are going to be able to develop and uh, make better. Um, will he be able to adapt? But certainly Vivian Stringer at her age, what she's done, you know. She, I, 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 I agree with you, Steve. I think there's a big question on whether or not she's going to be able to actually adapt. And here's the difference between, between Pykele and Stringer as I see it, you know, and, and Stringer's the coach who it's not a, it's just not a pleasant, you, know, you, sh- you show up there expecting to be coached hard and it's difficult and she makes it uncomfortable. And then by the end of the four years, and believe me, I've talked to, you know, dozens of her former players who they, they still come back from Cheney when she gets, you know, when she makes her thousands win. I mean, they just love Absolutely. her for life yep. right yep. afterward, but you have to get to the afterward. And that's the thing with, with, with these, with coaches who are demanding. And, and I think college sports is changing to the point now where a lot of those coaches crash. And tell me if you agree, a lot of those coaches are going to be, you know, sort of pushed to, I don't know, either change or get out of the sport because it's, you know, the moment a player hits adversity now, they can push a button and they can be out. No, no doubt. I mean, I think it's, it's kind of fascinating. That, like the trend we've seen in professional sports where like, you know, the, the, the Brooklyn Nets hire Steve, you know, Steve Nash basically to be the big threes best friend instead of their coach you know Aaron Boone is basically you know just there to tell the Yankees the the, the massage egos for the Yankees and tell them they're doing their best when they're horrible we're we're, we're going to start to see that in college sports when all of a sudden the the, ta- the the old school you know taskmaster coach is not needed they, they, they need a new age coach who's gonna you know be a player's coach and I think that you're absolutely right like, that's something that Vivian is going to have to adjust for I mean look I, I think I understand why fans were frustrated and think it's too much money. At the end of the day, you know, the two of the last three years, they've been finished third place in the Big Ten. Yeah. They make the NCAA. They don't win games there, but they basically make the tournament most years. They're competitive. They have a, a very – they have a small but fiercely loyal v- – pretty generous fan base when it comes to donations to the programs of the university – 
she's going to be here as long as she wants to be here. And I think that at this point, the question is, you know, how long does she want to do it? Obviously, the contract has the same clause as the previous one did. If she wants to pivot to an administrative role, they will do that for her. They can't make an open-ended guarantee, but they've made it very clear that they want her to be part of Rutgers for the rest of her life, whether it's as coach, as an ambassador. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think at this point, the big question is going to be, they've added two players in the transfer portal already this week. You know, can she get this team to be competitive? I think if she can get this team to be NCAA caliber team this coming season, then she's got a chance to potentially get over that hump and maybe there'll be a winning team the next for the rest of her tenure. All right, Sarge, you alluded to the hoops exodus on the other side. Uh, we now know that Montez Mathis is going to St. John's, correct? Miles Johnson ends up at UCLA, the inferior engineering school, Sarge. All that research that we did, um, <laughs> apparently that wasn't as important. Uh, Stanford him. had Condoleezza Rice call him. Did he read? She, she yes, really called yes. him? Yes, it was, it was great. It was one of those like, great recruiting legal? stories. <laughs> well, she's, I, I, she, she, um, I believe she's the – she, there's some sort of like uh, group, not group, but like I'm going to mangle it. She works at Stanford. Okay. So I'm reading one of these recruiting stories, you know, these paint-by-numbers recruiting stories. Who are you talking to? What you like? And Miles is like, oh, yeah, and Dr. Condoleezza Rice called me. And it was oh, just yeah. like thrown in there with no contacts, no yeah. follow-up. Let's just go. Let's tra- next grab. Let's talk about his stats. It's like, <laughs> Condi Rice. <laughs> and he said no to Condi. Sorry, Condi. I'm, go, I'm going to Hollywood. Uh, all right, the bigger question, and again, we talked about it last week, and we're still, we're still in the same spot. I mean, what is, is he going to add anybody, or is that just going to be a, it's gonna be a one, one-way exit door here from this program? What are you hearing? They're talking to people. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's other names that are uh, you know, emerging. And, um, but, again, I think you know, Steve Peichel, you know, he's not the type of guy who squeezes – recruits and uh, you know i and you know maybe maybe you could say you know in, in some ways that's good you know i mean you know you, you, but he's just not go- going to say listen you know it's you know it's do or die time now the scholarship is, is here you know might not be here tomorrow he's not that type of coach um so your guess is as good as mine right now i've talked to a lot of people on, on the inside to see time t- and timing of all this and everyone's just kind of a you know everyone's confident that he's going to get get uh, you know, a couple of these guys, but um, until it happens, you know, to, you know, Montez Mathis, I know a lot of people are, are you know, have asked me about, about him. I just th- think that he wasn't thrilled with his role. And I think St. John's is a better fit for him. Like, you know, what, what they do tempo wise. And I think it's going to be a great fit for him, you know, there. So um, it's, it's, it's a big loss for Rutgers. No question. I think that he was going to be a guy who they probably penciled in as a starter, but um you know, I'm, I'm, you know, still waiting and, uh, you know, uh, like everyone else as far as who, who they're going to be able to, to get out of this transfer. Are we operating under the assumption now that Geo Baker and Ron Harper Jr. are back? I mean, is that, is that a safe statement, you think? Am I? Yeah. I mean, everyone, you know, you talked on the inside says that, that, that Geo Baker, um, you know, his plan is to come back. He wants to be, you know, um, yeah, he still wants to take this, uh, you know, and I, I'll be at the forefront and see this through. It's probably easier for him to do it, you know, as a college athlete. He's getting a second meeting with Mark Emmert 
um, you know, we're still probably, you know, weeks, if not months away from, from this get, uh, getting uh, passed. And, you know, if it, if it happens, he's going to be obviously someone who's going to take a bow right up to, yeah, at the top of the people who, who you know, are going to be able to, to be credited for, for this. Um, Ron Harper, I know, you know, at, at, uh, you know, having a degree, I know academics is very important to the family. Um, I never like to uh, say I know you know a lot of people just like dismiss the fact that these two guys are are going to you know be drafted this year. You know I, they have to go through the process and all that other stuff. So I'm not going to weigh in on opinion on whether or not you know how they're going to do in, at the NBA Combine. Um, but my expectation, knowing that you know the academics is important for for Ron Harper Jr. and knowing that uh, Geo Baker really wants to see this NIL thing through. Never got a chance to be, you know, the the big man on campus. You know, you know. Hopefully, we're going to be able to get fans back into the stands, and there's going to be some normalcy this fall. You know, I, 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 my expectation, you know, is is both will be back. All right, let's dive into some Rutgers Insider question, gentlemen. Um, as you guys know, nj.com backslash insider. We thank you for subscribing to our content and paying money for it. And giving us questions. We have a bunch of them related to basketball, most of the same variety. Uh, and it definitely, guys, it's definitely panic mode. At least it's, it's getting close to it. Uh, people wondering if this team is going to be uh, the team that we see now. Uh, here's one from Steve P. from Long Valley. I see so much movement in the basketball transfer portal, yet we have a lot of departures and no replacements yet. I'm concerned that Pike hasn't brought in any new players. Can someone ask what's going on here? Uh, if Geo and Harper leave, we don't have much of a team and definitely not a very competitive Big Ten team. Crouch, I think we can agree on that. If Geo and Harper leave, there's it's not a basketball team or Rutgers. If Geo and Harper stay and they don't add anybody, is that, you know, if you have Caleb McConnell, Paul McKay, you got Cliff up front. I mean, what, 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 do, you, what do you think that team is? Well, that team's going to have the easiest non-conference schedule in the history of mankind. <laughs> I would say that they're going to be eight, they're going to be yeah. Nine, yeah. ten and zero or nine and one based on what happens with the. Well, that, that's we don't know if they're going to play Seton Hall. You know, I, I've, I have, a, I have, I have this strong feeling. No, no reporting here that that's the Seton Hall Rutgers game will somehow you know not be able to be played this year. I think he's looking for a window. Still looking for a window. Still, still looking for a window. Yeah. You know, I. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, I think if, if Gio and Ron come back and they don't add, add anyone from the portal, like, that's a team that best-case scenario is kind of floating around 500 maybe, you know, probably starts off strong in the non-conference, slides in the Big Ten. Uh, look, they got to add someone. And I, I, I still think at the end of the day, you know, for what it's worth, people get on Peichel for recruiting all the time. The guy has landed, I think, five of the top 20, you know, ranked recruits in the history of Rutgers basketball. Like he's gotten four stars. He's done pretty good. All things considered. Right. Um, so I, I still think you gotta have, give him a little bit of the benefit right. of the doubt that he's going to figure something out, but yeah, they, they definitely need to add someone on top of those two guys. And if one or two of those guys do not come back, they're in a lot of trouble. Yeah. I mean, if you assume that Jaden Jones, who is a, one of these big recruits is is a rotational guy, and if they can get someone something out of the freshman from other freshmen from last year, be it Luke Nathan or or uh, Oscar or Palmquist or I don't know, uh, you know that they would have. But you still need a rebounder. You still need someone to get an outside shot. I mean, there there are a lot of needs there, Sarge. And I don't, you know, I I understand the patience part of it, but um, it, it, we're getting there, aren't we? We're getting to the point where something's going to happen soon. Yeah, I mean, I I, I if. 
they don't add anything one but i think it is the whole thing's moot because i think they're definitely going to add someone right um you have to replace you, you have to find another big big i mean you know yeah. to, to take some pressure pressure off cliff um and i think they'll add, add one of those guys and you know would help to get a wing and then i you know who's going to replace fill that jacob young role i mean you know no you and i were he's, at he's uh, you know, all these games like yeah. you know are they in the NCAA tournament without him you know down the stretch no who was the best player? Who was the team MVP over the final 10 games of the season? It was Jacob Young. Who's going to replace him? You know, that's going to be, you know, and, and as far as I, I, you know, I'm looking at the names of the guys who they've been involved with, you know, that's going to be probably the million dollar question. You know, who's going to replace that guy, that on, on the ball defender, that guy who could fill so many roles, who can, you know, really just take over an offense at, you know, at various points. I mean, who's going to replace him? Right. Uh, all right. Another basketball question. We've gotten this question a lot and we've tried to answer it. We're going to answer it again. Were there any rumblings of chemistry issues in the men's basketball locker, e.g. playing time or NIL? I mean, I don't know, Cratch. These guys were together for 14 months and without anybody else, I think we'd be kind of naive to think that there weren't, you know, that they didn't get sick of each other on some level. But I don't know that anything that happened here departure-wise was related to chemistry. Do you? Politi and I were spent like two weeks, you know, back to back in Indianapolis, and we were tired of each other at the end of those two weeks. I mean, oh, I know you were you were like leaving the you you know, pretending, oh, and I, I get some work to do, and then you get lunch by yourself. I know you were doing. No question. And I got I ordered I ordered Indian food to my hotel room in Indianapolis. That's how sick of you I was. How about that? I got Uber Eats delivered Indian food to the courtyard in Indianapolis, so I didn't have to get lunch with you. It was good too. Completely fair. I got a recommendation for you if you're in Indianapolis needed Indian food. I'm sorry. What were we talking about? Oh yeah. Uh, chemistry issues. What do you think? I think you're absolutely right. I mean, the amount of time those guys spent together this season all the years, you know, this is a team that's been together for a while. Yeah. I'm sure that those natural things spark up. But that being said, I felt like, I know this was a very, you know, hot topic of discussion on the Rutgers boards and everything, but I don't think it had a direct impact on the season because if a team truly has locker room dysfunction, they don't pick themselves off the mat several times like this Rutgers team did during the regular season. They don't, win a game in the NCAA tournament. They don't come within a eyelash of the Sweet 16. So I thought that, you know, I'm sure there was some, you know, sort of interpersonal, ish, you know, quirks and everything with this team. But did it mean anything to the grand scheme of the season? I don't think at all. They also didn't have a COVID pause. I mean, and what does that yeah. mean? Yeah. I mean, they sacrifice for each other. So, I mean, you know, the idea that, you know, these players weren't, weren't sacrificing and they weren't, you know, committed. Um, look, I mean, you know, 14 months is an awful long time to, to have to deal with what, what, what they were going through, not being a college student, not being, not, not having the, the, the all, all the different outlets that you would normally uh, use, uh, you know, go out to dinner and do, do all the other things that you could be as a college, you know, student athlete, you know, it's just, I just, I, there's no way. I, I just cannot see, you know, whether or not, you know, chemistry, maybe, I mean, but we, but you have to also remember we have, we weren't around either. I mean, it was different from a media landscape too, because normally we would be at practice, you know, once or twice a week and we'd be able to have our finger on the pulse a little bit better. Just, just for the listeners, as a cautionary tale, if you're going to order 
Indian food at your hotel now? This, no, just, I just want to make sure this is important <laughs> while, while it's on my mind. So they're not cleaning the rooms between. So if you're staying there for five days, they don't come in and service the room because of COVID. So I got the Indian food like on day two and I just threw like some garlic naan away and in, in, in the, in the car- garbage can. You know, by day four, the place smelled like, you know, you know, downtown New Delhi on like in a, in a, in a street market. It was just the, the it was it was pretty it was a pretty strong smell in my in my ho- in my hotel room. So just keep that in mind if you're if you're traveling here. Just just a little tip. Back, back, in, col- back in college, I used to be a delivery uh, uh, driver and I, I picked up Indian food one night and and spilled all over the back uh, of, of my Honda hatchback and i had to sell the car because the, the, the sauces all got in like the fabrics and everything i just could not get it out i just I had to sell the, had to sell the car there's oh, nothing man. i could do oh, okay another questionary tale the news you can use here on the podcast uh all right more questions we've got uh, a few uh football questions true or false Rutgers will go to a new year's bowl game within five the next five years new year's six bowl game within the next five years Cratch, when we want to feel that one, someone using our true or false, a, re- a listener, a re- reader using our true or false against us here. <laughs> I will say false. You're going to say false. All right. Wow. Next five years, you don't think they can get to a, I guess that's, you know, that's a big ask. Sarge, will you disagree? That's first or second in a big pen. And yeah. we talked about this last week. I think they're going to be in a, you know, a New Year's Day ball. Um, uh, the, the New Year's six, you know, the, the top 16 in the country. Um, no, false. The big ask. I agree. It, 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 uh, let's see them take the next step first before we start thinking they're going to take two steps after that. Um, here's a funny one. When is the last time that those of us that are both Rutgers and Yankee fans felt better about Rutgers? These are curious times. That's a good point. I mean, God, the Yankees are a hot mess, aren't they? My goodness, Aaron Boone on the hot seat. Um, I, I blame Brian Crashman more for that than Hal Steinbrenner for, for not overspending to make the team better. But this is an interesting, yeah, I mean, that's a good point. When was the last time, Sarge, can you think of one, Crash? When was the last time that Rutgers fans, I mean, 2006, the Yankees would have been in the playoff probably. I mean, what, uh, yeah, that's a good question. Uh. 1991, maybe? Uh, Rutgers in the tournament, you know, Yankees had like Hensley Mullins and Kevin Moss, I think. <laughs> Jesse Barfield. Alfaro Espinosa. No, that was before <laughs> that. Perez. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, it's uh, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah. How about, how about like, how about Rutgers Mets fans? Maybe, you know, like, Imagine those people. Uh, no, nah, I said they, they, Rutgers has been better than the Mets in recent history. Yeah. Huh? Sarge, you got an answer for that one or no? Uh, it's, a, it's a great question. Pro- it's been a long time. Like you said, the mid 2000s, you know, when Rutgers football was, was, was doing well, Yankees were doing pretty well as well. Um, I'm trying to think even like, you know, 76. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> you know, Yankee, yeah, well, the Yankees were in the World Series in 76. Like the, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, lost to the Reds, right? In 76. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So it is. I think they lost to the yeah seventy six was the Reds. Yep, yeah, they lost to the Reds in seventy six. They won in seventy seven, seventy eight. Beat the Dodgers. That was a glorious time. Ron Guidry and and the Garden State Bowl. They had had all that good stuff back then. Reggie Jackson. Seventy eight. Yeah, seventy eight. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Good stuff. Uh, uh, All right. Um, Find some more stuff. What football recruits are we going to have to worry about flipping before National Signing Day in December? I mean, obviously, Kevin Winsat is, and I would look I, when I say that I don't think that there's any sign he's going to flip. I mean, Cratch, you talked to his mom, and mom's pretty all in on this, right? 
Yeah, Todd, you know, uh, I went to Todrick on a story we had on Monday. Todrick talked to his mom. Obviously, I listened to, you know, their interview. Uh, yeah, they're they're pretty all in. They're they're looking at houses closer to uh, closer to New Jersey and everything. They they were enamored with the reception they got when they kind of took their own self guided visit of Rutgers. Um, very high on Shiano, Sean Gleason, you know. Uh, under tech one underwood fran brown you know they're they're pretty they're pretty jazz you know and i i think uh for you know i think the biggest everyone kind of made out to be Rutgers versus kentucky Rutgers versus kentucky talking to gavin talking to his mom it was Rutgers versus cincinnati so i think cincinnati is truly you know if you're worried about someone coming in and flipping him i would worry about cincinnati especially if they have a great season potentially and maybe make a push for the playoffs. I'm pretty sure they're playing Notre Dame this season. So if they beat the Irish, they've got a shot to crash the party potentially. That's who I would worry about at Rutgers. I think you know, Marion Brown, the wide receiver from Florida, I think every, you know everyone always gets nervous about Florida kids flipping at the last second, going to Miami, going to Florida. So there's a couple guys on there. But I also think that Rutgers has a strong chance and a staff that can weather – a tough season, which is what I think is coming for the Scarlet Knights. So I don't know if it's going to be that much of an issue, uh, but it's definitely something you got to have to worry about a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I guess the key though, Sarge, with this, with, with this uh, kid is that he already had high level offers. So it's not like someone, yep. it's not like he can be, not like, like Notre Dame can come in and say, we want you. Notre Dame already said they want him, yeah. right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I think recruiting, not just the athletes, not, not just, you know, on the high school level right now, but I think the 115 guys in the program, if this, if this past week wasn't any indication, it's a year round thing. People talking about flipping recruits. I mean, you know, I think it's, you know, recruiting players and, and currently in the program when Art Sikowski, uh, who, you know, uh, you know, pretty close to, to, to the you know, start of, of spring camp, you know, enters the transfer portal. With, with the number of, uh, of players who, who we expect to enter the transfer portal in the next couple of weeks, couple of months, not just at Rutgers, but, you know, every, everywhere. I mean, you know, is Greg Ciano literally like recruiting his current players every, yeah, every day. Yeah. It's just, it is a fascinating thing. I know Greg Ciano wanted to go back to college. You know, he always felt like he was a college coach, but you always have to wonder like, you know, is there a part of him that like he experienced the NFL and, and, you know, was this the reason why back in 2011 that he wanted to get out? Because I mean, it is you know, in, insane the amount of hours that he must log, you know, talking to players and talking to recruits. All right, a couple more from the insider portal, our port, our portal of questions. Uh, Jonathan Lewis, has he found a landing spot? Sarge, you talked to him recently. I did. Yeah, I, I, I talked to him. I did a transfer portal story in general last week, but then uh, talking to Jonathan, I, you know, I thought his story is pretty fascinating and we'll be uh, reporting it you know, at some point this week. <sighs> Yeah, he has not. Um, but the interesting thing about Jonathan Lewis is he, you know, obviously he was a high, uh, a high profile quarterback recruit coming out of St. Peter's prep. Um, you know, he, he, you know, I guess about a year and a half competed for a job. We, you know, we saw, you know, it, you know, the, 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 you know, coming out party against Morgan state four touchdowns, five total, I think. Um, and then, then just kind of disappeared from there. Uh, he is uh, working out a quarterback. You know, that's his goal is to play quarterback again. I think everyone in this camp is kind of realistic. They don't expect him to, to, to end up at a power five school. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe like a lower level, um, you know, FBS school, but more likely he's going to end up at F FCS. Um, the problem is, you know, FCS schools have been playing all spring. So their, their scholarship numbers are, are, are in flux. So, 
ha- we have to get through this, uh, you know, this spring season here to really know whether, what, you know, where, where all these uh, schools stand. I think Jonathan Lewis is like probably about, you know, a thousand other, um, you know, uh, guys in the transfer portal right now, uh, probably going to end up at FCS and, you know, it'll probably be a good story when, when it happens because he will probably be uh, playing quarterback again. All right. One last one really quick. Cratch, I think you can address this. Do you think Rutgers fans will be required to be vaccinated to attend football games this fall? You got to be vaccinated to go to class. You got to be vaccinated to go to games. Is that possible? Uh, I think it's possible. I, I think that what we're seeing, like, believe me, would correct me if I'm wrong with the, with the pro teams is that it's, it's a proof of a vaccination, full vaccination or a negative PCR test within 72 hours. So I think that might be uh, the way it goes. Uh, I don't know if you'll completely restrict, uh, you know, all vac- vaccinated people only to the stadium. I don't know if they would go that way, but I do think that'll be part of the factor. All right. As always, thank you for your questions. Uh, we appreciate it. NG.com slash insider. If you want to sign up, um, we'll have a lot of good stuff this summer for you. So please keep that in mind. All right. Lots going on. Uh, field hockey, women's soccer, lacrosse. We got field hockey beat Penn State, and then the head coach had a baby. That's a pretty big week. I mean, that that's cool. <laughs> what what's going on with the other sports, Cratch? Uh, men's lacrosse regular season finale coming up. I believe they're at Michigan. Uh, they beat Johns Hopkins senior day last week. So. Uh, Barring something unforeseen, it looks like Scarlet Knights are finally going back to the NCAA tournament. So big accomplishment for that program. A uh, women's lacrosse has had a, you know three t- you know in the top. I think they're ranked 16th in the country. Several big wins this year against ranked opponents. Uh, they're waiting for the Big Ten tournament. I think they probably have to win the Big Ten tournament to get into the NCAA tournament. But a tremendous season for them. Field hockey going to the Big Ten tournament looks like they should be in the national tournament but uh with this code year you never know uh women's soccer is in the ncaa tournament they're going to play their first round game later this week the entire tournament will be in uh Cary, north carolina i believe so they're bubbling the, that tournament men's lacro- uh, soccer i think finished four four and one did not make the tournament um baseball had a tough weekend lost three out of four to iowa uh but they still have a shot you know and their schedule gets pretty tough down the stretch you got michigan this week was in the national title game you know the last national title game i I believe the national title series got Nebraska coming up. They've been at the top of the big 10. So uh, we're going to kind of find out where this baseball team stands. Uh, softball really, really uh, poor season for them. Uh, they've really struggled. I think they're going to mercifully end the season this coming weekend. Uh, I think tennis had a win. I think they're starting their big 10 tournament. And uh, I think that's everyone else. Rowing had a big weekend at the Big Ten Invitational. So uh, everything's kind of wrapping up for Rutgers. And, you know, they have a couple teams in the tournament. I think that if you every year we do the, you know, athletic department win-loss record, I think they're going to be under 500 as a department this year. Uh, they had a winning record last year, I believe, by a couple of games. Uh, but I think they're going to have more teams in the tournament than they've had in recent years. And, that, and that's a better, I mean, that's a better guide, I would say, too. Uh, can they get, women's, women's soccer team make a run? Is that, is that within the possibility here? Or are they, uh, are they kind of uh, early exiters? I think that they, they should be able, they're, they're favored in their first round game. I think Clemson, which is one of the top teams in the country, would be waiting in the second round. So they get a little magic against Clemson, you know, a little lightning in a bottle like the men's basketball team did. Who knows? Maybe they can make a run. All right. Anything else, Sarge? What else you got? I don't think. 
if you ask that question to Pat Hobbs, I don't think he would have been as, uh, you know, and no disrespect, but Cratch is really on uh, the, the Rutgers, yeah. you know, all sports beat. I mean, wow, that was pretty incredible, impressive. I just, I'm blown away by that. Oh, uh, wrestling added a grad oh. transfer, Greg Bolsack, oh, four-time national Jeez. qualifier from Clarion, depth of 197. Could be going to be interesting. You know, wow. him and Billy Jans are battling out. You know, they're neither of them are big enough to go to heavyweight. They're not going to 84, but you got paused there. Mm. So, you know, Rutgers is you know that the Rutgers is making that next. I know. We, Steve, we talked during the season about like when were they going to finally win? You know the big dual meet. You know they haven't knocked down that kind of achievement yet, but they are building depth at every spot in the lineup, which is what you need to be a national caliber program. I've always said, Sarge, you need depth at one ninety seven. Right, that's that's your fault for not cutting off the podcast. My fault probably for giving Cratch <laughs> too much credit there, but we, we, we just we, we couldn't, couldn't get away. That's it. Okay, wrestling. signing off. No, no, no. We got <laughs> no. Right, we had right to get in. the wrestling in right, right to the depth of one ninety seven. <laughs> we got it. We know now. You're fin. That's good. On that note, perhaps we should dive off between we find out what's happening at one fifty six. I'm just made up a weight class. How you like that? All right, signing off. Steve Politi, Keith Sargent, James Cratch. We'll be back soon with some spring football wrap up, perhaps. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Rutgers Rant. To participate in the conversation and receive live updates about the Scarlet Knights directly to your phone, sign up at nj.com/insider.